everybody. I'm Nick Ruck with the Denver Post here with Cameron Wolf, also of the Denver Post. You're listening to the First in Orange podcast, all things Broncos. Uh, Cameron, uh, we'll finish this week off. You talk to Will Parks. We'll finish off with him. Um, but first, uh, quarterbacks, Trevor Simeon, mm-hmm. Paxton Lynch. Uh, we don't know who's going to play on Sunday yet. Right. Uh, I think that you and I maybe are in a little bit of a disagreement here. Mm-hmm. Let me get your opinion first. Um, a, who will play, mm-hmm. and B, who should play? Because maybe they're not the same for you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a good question. I, I think it's got to be Trevor um, if you feel like he's not going to hurt the team. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really the question there. But from what we've seen, it seems like, you know, it's a left shoulder injury. Uh, it's a sprain rather than, you know, a, a collarbone fracture, which could would have been the worst, you know, uh, of the, of the uh, injuries that could have been. Um, but it seems like it's not something that's going to affect his ability to throw. It's more of a pain management issue. Um, so I feel like, you know, Trevor's giving you um, three and a half really good games, um, and he's getting you, got you to 4-0 uh, to an extent. I think your team, your team really rallies around him, and they believe in him. Uh, so you can't really – I don't think you go and give, you know, go against him um, in this situation. If he can go – if, if he can, you know, howl out there, I think you give him the shot um, to go against this Atlanta team, which you're going to have to score some points to beat. Yeah. Well, some background real fast. First of all, the injury, Trevor, Trevor Simeon's injury is a separated shoulder. He's mm-hmm. separated shoulder. Now, there are degrees to a separated shoulder. Um, there's like a, it's like a hurricane. So there's a, you know, first degree, second degree. Right. One is a basic, like, minor sprain. Right. And at one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is basically your arm fell off. Right. Um, his arm did not fall off. Right. He, he, his arm is attached to his body. It seems like it's not especially serious. But here's, here's the problem. Because it's, there's not a quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. I call it a quandary. It is a quandary. Right. There's a question. Because he, here's how I looked at it. Cor- tell me if you would disagree. If... If it's Tom Brady we're talking about who has the exact same injury that Trevor Simeon has, and he's – let's just say he's 85% healthy. Right. There's no question he plays on Sunday. Right. But that's Tom Brady. Trevor Simeon is not Tom Brady. Right. Um, and the difference between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch is not that great. They're two very capable quarterbacks. Right. The other hitch in this in this here is that they play next week on Thursday on a very short week. Right. So maybe – Maybe it's not wise to push Trevor Simeon this week. Maybe give him an extra day or two to get ready for that Thursday game mm-hmm. instead of getting maybe a compromised Trevor Simeon Sunday that leads to a compromised Trevor Simeon on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe that – I think that might factor into their decision. I, To me, I don't – at this point, you're confident that Trevor will play. I'm, I don't know. I feel like Paxton might. I don't know if he should. I think we're in agreement that Trevor probably should. Right. He's looked good. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he's looked good. And there's there's two trains of thought here. You know, there's a lot of Paxton-heavy fans out there. Yeah. I know you're listening. Like, when is Paxton going to start? This should be his job. Um, he was the first-round pick. And, and I get all of that. Trevor gives this team the best chance to win. Kubiak said that throughout camp, and I think we've seen it on the field. Uh, Paxton had a really good half. 
Um, he actually surprised me a little bit with his readiness on the field. And I think if you got in a situation where Trevor was really hurt, you know, I mean injured, not hurt, um, injured to a point where he could not play for a week or two, I think you would be able to survive with Paxton in. Um, but I do feel like if you're looking and you hope this team is a Super Bowl team, Trevor gives you the best chance to win. Um, the other side of it is people who are on, on the overly cautious end, or they may just be looking logically like you are and saying, hey, we play San Diego on four days rest. We travel to San Diego on Wednesday, so yeah. you only get one practice day. What if we go out there and play Trevor and it gets it worse and he's banged up and now he has to miss a lot more time? Um, and I definitely get that train of thought, um, and you never know, but I think you can't really play quarterbacks with kid gloves yeah. at this stage. Um, so I, in my opinion, I think you, you, if Trevor can go out there and do it, uh, he might get shot up with a little bit of pain medicine, have to suck up a little bit of the, the uh, soreness after. But I think if he can throw like he normally throws and doesn't hurt the team, you give him a go. Yeah, no, no, it, that's a good way to put it. And the, for the people who still, for whatever reason, because you and I get the same emails, yeah. uh, you know, why not play Paxton Lynch? He's their quarterback of the future. Why not get him ready now? Well, they're not playing for the future. Right. This is a 4 0 football team. Right. The, to, in my eyes, the best football team in the league right now. I'd agree. Um, certainly among the top two or three favorites to win the Super Bowl as it stands right now. Mm -hmm. so why, there's no playing for the future. They're playing for right now. Right. The, why, why would you sacrifice games right now to get a quarterback ready for next season? Um, it, that's that's not what you would do. That's a stupid thing to do, <laughs> but um, but like you said, the, even if the differences between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch are not that great right now, there's still a difference. There's a reason that Trevor Simeon is the starting quarterback. Right. He's done very well. He they ran the ball very heavy in the first two weeks, so he kind of they kind of hit him a little bit. Right. The next two weeks he passed he passed really well, a game and a half anyway. Yeah. Um, they didn't really get going in the first half against Tampa Bay, but. It was just how the game was going. It wasn't on him. Mm. Um, but that being said, <laughs> ignoring what I just said, uh, do you think? Do you? It just—it's another reminder, though, mm -hmm. that they have—they have Paxton Lynch on this team, mm -hmm. first-round draft pick. Right. He's going to be the quarterback at some point. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be asking this question all season long, and because Trevor Simeon is on the shelf a little bit right now, uh -huh. it's. It's another reason to ask a question. Right. So I'll ask you, is Paxton Lynch going to be the starting quarterback this year at some point? Uh, at some point, the starting quarterback. That's a tough question. I mean, you really – chances are – here's the thing. Here's my thing. And I think um, it kind of got really proven against Tampa Bay. First of all, Trevor Simeon is not the biggest guy. No. Um, he's 6'3". He kind of has a, a, a more of a, a slimmer – thinner, uh, leaner frame, um, which lends him not to be able to take a bunch of hits. Um, and he tends to hold the ball a little bit in the pocket, which Kubiak pointed out after the game and, and actually happened on the hit that he got hurt on. You got to throw the ball away. I mean, obviously a receiver wasn't open or he didn't see a receiver opening. Um, and the offensive line may have given up a little bit more pressure than he would have liked, but you got to have a clock in your head as a quarterback, and that's something a lot of young quarterbacks have to develop with time. Um, but if he continues to take those hits, yeah, there's a good chance that he could be back on the shelf again with 
not maybe not that same injury, but a different injury, and that would lead Paxton to play. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a, a solid chance that that could happen. Um, obviously, you don't root for that, but if, if Paxton comes into a game, um, he's shown that, hey, I can be ready. You know, not every team's going to have a, uh, a simplest challenge as Tampa Bay, but you know, it, it, I think it's good that they know that their rookie is not, you know, a deer in headlights. Yeah. If that happens, yeah, no, he was capable. He it wasn't the greatest. His stats ended up being better than Trevor Simeon's over his half, because, like we said, because that's just kind of how the game went. Right. Um, but he did, he did well. He 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 didn't light it up, but he did well, Paxton. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. It's more, it's much more likely that Pat that Paxton Lynch becomes the starting quarterback this season because Trevor Simeon gets injured as opposed to them benching Trevor Simeon. Right. I don't that that's a really difficult scenario to, to envision at this point anyway. But man, he did. He got thrown to the ground like a rag doll. Yeah. Um it's going to happen again. Yeah. Um nobody nobody's wishing for it, <laughs> but it's going to happen. I mean, yeah. it happens to every team. It happens yeah. to every quarterback and and it's going to happen to him again. Um so they'll live if he plays, they'll live they'll live on the edge. Yeah. Here for a little bit, but but no. that's all right. They set it up like this for um, almost for a reason. Yeah, no, I agree, and and that's why I think it's funny. A lot of times you see people talking about what are they going to do? They have two quarterbacks. Um, in this NFL, you almost need two quarterbacks. I mean, quarterbacks just don't grow on trees, yeah. and also they're not you know the most uh, stable. Uh, you know, creations as, as well. They touch the ball nearly every play. You see quarterbacks getting hurt, um, and, and you have to, if you don't have a, a steady backup quarterback or capable backup quarterback, you really present yourself with a lot of trouble. Um, we've seen how, you know, last season when Dallas's quarterback went down, they really went into the tank, and this year they got a Dak Prescott, and now when Tony Romo went down, they're 3-1. and one. And if they have another quarterback, they might be one and three or zero oh and four. That's that's a difference in saving your season with early games, you know. Um, so I think it's a I think it's a really a luxury the Broncos have in a sense. Uh, you look at uh, two young quarterbacks that are making dimes really yeah. on a, a dollar. Um, I, I think they're making combined equal to if not less than what Mark Sanchez is making out in Dallas to be Dak Prescott's backup. Um, so that's really a luxury that teams don't have to have inexpensive quarterbacks, multiple, young. Um, so the Broncos are definitely uh, lucky to have that solution. But that also brings up a question that's sort of going to be lingering this season, next season. Um, Paxton Lynch is obviously the quarterback of the future. That's what they drafted him to be. Um, what does that mean for Trevor? When yeah. Uh, yeah. When is his sort of – when is his sort of timetable as far as how long he can hold Paxton off? We're going to look a little bit into the future yeah. and, and just kind of what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, it's ri it's another thing that's really difficult to see um, in the future of four. Uh, to me, he would make a great backup quarterback. If that's the way it goes, right. if, if Paxton becomes a star, he would be a great backup quarterback. Um, but maybe he plays well enough that – he can get a starting job. I mean, I, who knows? There, are, it seems like there's a team that always needs a, a quarterback. Um, especially if if you lose a, if you're a team like Dallas and you lose a Tony Romo, whatever it is. But um, I know. Let's we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna this uh, question's gonna come up again this season. So yeah. it's not gonna be the last time we talk about it. But um, if that's the biggest question, if quarterback is the biggest question for the Broncos this week against the Falcons, the it's not what will turn the game. Yeah. I don't think the bit the it's a great matchup this Sunday. 
uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones um, going against the Denver secondary, which hasn't really been tested that much this season. Um, how do you see it shaping out? The Falcons last week completely tore it up. 500 yards passing from Matt Ryan, 300 yards receiving from Jones. Um, but they didn't do that in their first three games. Their numbers weren't that extreme in the right. first three games. They're probably something a little bit less than that, but a little bit better than they were to start the season. They're a 3-1 football team, um, and they get to face the best secondary in the NFL. Are, they gonna, are, they, is it, are we going head-to-head here, or are they going to – yeah, I, I think this will be an interesting one. Um, it's going to be worse, Julio. I mean, Julio is probably, um, it just depends on your preference between he and A.J. Green. The best receiver, he or A.J. Green, will probably be the best receiver uh, they face this season. Um, but what makes Atlanta different than Cincinnati is just their their uh, versatility to me. Um, you know, they have comparable quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, uh, Andy Dalton, comparable receivers. But where Atlanta really gets the edge is that running game. Uh, I mean, you're going to be finding number 24, Devontae Freeman, a lot, both catching the ball out of the backfield and running. And then his 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 partner in crime, Tevin Coleman, is also going to get some touches as well. They have the sixth-ranked rushing offense to go along with the top-ranked passing offense in the NFL. That's a duo that you don't usually see. It's usually skewed one way or the other. You're really either a really good passing team or a really good rushing team or middle of the pack in both. You're not, you rarely see two really good uh, rushing and passing teams. So that really just shows how explosive they are on offense. They average 38 points a game. Obviously, they've been playing the Raiders and the, the Tampa Bays and the, the Carolinas of the world rather than the Broncos. Yeah. Um, but that's still impressive numbers against NFL teams uh, do on a consistent pattern. So I think the Broncos are well aware of their test. Um, they know that Julio Jones is not going to get 300 yards on them. Uh, but they do know that this is going to be a challenge that, hey, we can't we can't come in here and think we're gonna just treat them like we do any old team. The and they have a couple of, of good pass catching tight ends, including Jacob Tammy, former Bronco Jacob Tammy. But yeah. um, the the from from the bits uh, from the bits of um, video I watched of the of the Atlanta Carolina game last week, Carolina was playing a, a pretty soft zone, yeah. um, and it, it was like Matt Ryan was sort of setting up the pass with the pass <laughs> he was yeah. like it was like short pass short pass long pass like um not even even they ran the ball well but they, it wasn't like they were using the run to set up the pass although they he passed out of play action a lot um but the broncos don't play zone they play a kind of matchup zone they're a lot more confusing i i think they're gonna leave i i don't i the we asked wade phillips today about this I, I got the impression he didn't say it exactly, but I got the impression that they're going to go straight up one one on one with with Jones a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about how are they going to double him. Um, he was the most doubled receiver, double covered receiver last season, um, by far. Um, I think we see a lot of man to man. I don't know. Am I am I crazy? No, no. I think you're 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 exactly right. I mean, if you look back and I went back and watched exactly how they defended uh, AJ Green, because I think that that's the most comparable uh, matchup that you could see how they defend that type of receiver. A.J. Green is a 6'4 receiver, Julio Jones 6'3". They're both speedy and you know have the ability to overman, 
overmatch, you know, a man-to-man receiver. But the Broncos play a lot of man-to-man um, on those short and intermediate routes. Um, and I think we'll see a lot of that same thing. Tlaib will probably, uh, keep Tlaib will probably be the primary defender um, on Julio Jones like he was on A.J. Green. But we'll also see some Chris Harris and some Bradley Roby. They all got chances against A.J. Green, um, and they all got chances at Mike Evans this past week, and I expect them all to get chances at Julio Jones. And even when they do, they all sort of get man-to-man coverage um, with safety help over the top on deep routes. Um, so that will protect you from, you know, uh, those deep go routes that kind of had Carolina – beating a few times but that's trusting your your corners that anything 15 to 20 yards and and shorter you're going to handle on Julio Jones obviously they'll have some some linebackers dropping if there's anything over the middle but they're trusting their corners they think they have the best secondary in the league um and this is the sort of the matchups that get those corners excited the key player I I have no evidence I'm just going to throw this out there but I think the key for the Broncos is we because he's been if there is an if there is a um unsung hero of the of the Broncos defense this year if the, if any of them could be unsung mm-hmm. none of them are unsung right. but if there could be it's TJ Ward he's been all over the field mm-hmm. um he it's I, I don't think he has an interception mm-hmm. um he had, had no like highlight real right. kind of things but he's just everywhere yeah um and if and if the, if Atlanta's going to try to balance their attack rush pass pass short pass long he could be. He could really break out in this game. And be all over the place, and they're definitely going to need. Even if they're not doubling Jones, they'll still need help on occasion, and a lot of times that'll come from somebody like T.J. Ward. Um, but crazy game. So it seems like a really good game on paper. Yeah. No, I think you, I think you're exactly right. I think this is the game of the week to me. Yeah. Um, three and one team versus the four and zero team. It's actually a pretty weak. NFL slate, if I should say so Is myself, uh, outside of this game. Obviously, there's going to be a couple games watching out for this hurricane watch out in Florida um, and seeing if that will change their mindset. Um, but, yeah, I think this should be an entertaining one. Uh, really intrigued to see who establishes the pace. Um, will it be a gritty game like Denver tends to like to play, or will it be more higher scoring yeah. like the Falcons like to play? Who forces who into their sort of game? Um, will really be the story there. And like you mentioned, T.J. Ward, um, he, he's making his plays. I think that's a great observation. Um, one thing I just saw saw on film is just he's typically known as a guy who plays closer to the line, mm-hmm. uh, blitzes a good bit in this defense, and makes a lot of plays on the line of scrimmage. But he's also been a lot playing deep a lot mm-hmm. and helping with a lot of deep coverages. So that versatility is really rare, um, and yeah. it's something that the Broncos really have as an asset. Um, for them um, so from that we can really transition into you know the guy who's sitting behind TJ Ward and that's actually getting a lot of play time there yeah um, I talked to Will Parks earlier in the locker room and just chatted about his time in Denver uh, the altitude and just his time uh, what he likes about it what he likes about the t- about the, the city and, and his experiences uh, in Philadelphia as well so uh, take a listen to that. Welcome back to First and Orange podcast, joined by rookie safety Will Parks. Had your first pick a couple weeks ago. How, yeah. how is this uh, first few weeks of the uh, season going for you? Uh, it's going pretty good. 
It's definitely going good, man. Just, you know, getting a couple games under your belt, getting your feet wet. Um, you know, we just we ended the first quarter of the season, getting ready for the second quarter. So um, just taking it one day at a time, you know, just keeping focused, you know, keeping keeping, keeping your body healthy and, and keeping the main thing the main thing. That's getting the Ws. You played football for most of your life, so this is not new to you, right. preseason and all. But that first game, tell me how, how, how nervous you were, how many butterflies you uh, had. The Panthers? Yeah. Oh, man, it was it – was, I mean, it wasn't so much of me being nervous, so much as be me being blessed. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? As far as like, damn, I'm really out here. I was just watching, you know, the, the kickoff last season after I was, you know, finished playing my college game, and and now I'm a part of, you know, something like this. You know, I mean, you can't, it don't get no better than that. I mean, they, 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 <laughs> they panics for this. You know what I'm saying? It, it's 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 what you dream of. You know, since you was little. I mean, it's what a lot of kids, you know, kind of dream for, and you you know, to be able to live your dream that you've been dreaming all your life. I mean, you just can't beat that. Like, nothing can beat that. As far as off the field and Denver as a whole, what's your favorite thing that you done had about being in Denver since you've been here? Oh, man, believe it or not, man, the, the, the people. Like, I tell everybody, like, um, you know, my, my, my family members that come into town for the games, um, they be like, man, what's, what's the number one thing you like about it? And I say the people. I mean, the people here are so free, so open. You don't you don't see too many um, you know bad things going on in Denver. Not that I know of. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing here is the people. The people. You know, if, you, if you're on the outside looking in, you wouldn't even understand how deep Denver is. You know, mm -hmm. as far as the people, the culture, the community. I mean, so many people know who you are. So many people want want the best for you. I mean, it, it, just, it don't get no better than that. You hadn't played in Denver before you you got here, right? Uh, I played CU up in Boulder okay. uh, two times two times in my career when I was at Arizona, but it, it is just not Denver though. How difficult is actually getting used to the altitude? Man, I ain't used to this yet. It's gonna take me like a year, probably, probably a year, probably probably a year. Um, I mean, but I, I'm definitely getting acclimated to it. I mean, not not fast, slowly but surely. How does the you getting a taste of the cold a little bit so far? How does it compare to to Philly? Uh, I mean, it's bearable cold. I was just telling uh, actually Ruby and Roby. I mean, my hands was the only thing that was cold. Everything else was pretty warm. My hands was freezing. But other than that, I mean, this is definitely bearable cold. I mean, that that's probably my first taste of the cold. You know, it didn't get to its real cold yet. But mm -hmm. um, when it when it when it does get there, I will be prepared. I'll be out there with a bucket of Vaseline on my body. So, <laughs> was it was it was it too cold? Did it ever get too cold in Arizona? Nah, nah. I mean, whoa, hold up. In the morning, like when we had morning practice, like six a.m. practices, uh -huh. um, in, in November it'd be about woo. Like one time we woke, it was like sixteen degrees. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's the coldest you gonna get. But that sixteen degrees is like really thirty-seven, you know, something like that. Um, but it's it's I can tell here it's gonna get it's gonna get real. It's gonna be real dirty out there. <laughs> What's the most dirty. difficult thing about playing in the cold? Not me. I I've been playing in the cold, you know, since I was little. Um mm -hmm. obviously I lost four years of that. Right. When I when I went to Arizona, but I definitely got a couple of cold games. Uh when we played Washington my sophomore year, it was so cold up in Seattle. Um it, it rained. The rain was going up and down, up and down, instead of coming straight down. I mean you would have thought God was just bringing the rain back up to him, like, man, just take some more of that, take some more of that. I mean, but it, it was that's the only time I probably got cold and old in the New Mexico bowl when I played against my little brother. Um it was it was cold there too, but I mean I mean that, that's football, man. As long as I got, long as I'm got that Vaseline on, like I said, I'll be straight. Thinking back, your whole football life. Right. What's your favorite football play you know, ever made? Man, I got a lot of them, man. The play that I made, because there's a lot of plays that I seen made that my teammates made, but the play, I played the craziest play I made was in um was in was in high school. Uh, Man, college, I had the Oregon State hit. Mm -hmm. uh, man, I had a lot in college. I had the, the, the seven-yard interception against uh, 
Justin Simmons, mm-hmm. my sophomore year. Man, uh, but in high school, I had caught a bubble against, uh, against who? Finesse, mm-hmm. Finesse High School down in South Philly. Oh man, I caught that bubble. The dude was on me, so he basically read the bubble, he was on me, I juked him. I cut inside. They, it was two people coming from the outside. I juke back outside. They left me. It was, it was sort of to where Sunshine had this past game, uh-huh. you know, something like that. But it was just with more people. I juke the whole team. Right. Like I could show you go on YouTube and you type in Will Park Senior Film at like the six at six minutes and forty seconds. That play is about to come up and you'll see it. And that was you playing receiver. Me playing yeah receiver and slot. Yeah, I was yeah that play was dirty. I watched that play a lot too, <laughs> just to make sure if I not get that interception, I do return it. That's what's gonna happen. So did you play receiver at Arizona or you was full on safety once you got nah, there? Nah, actually I played receiver in practice a couple of times, mm-hmm. you know, especially when we had uh, like key players down. I was playing both sides of the ball, but I, it just never happened in the game. And in, in, in the game, I played more corner. Mm-hmm. I played, that's the only thing that's as far as safety and playing nickel, I played corner. Talked to you earlier this summer when you first got drafted about with Philly and what this mean to a lot of people back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, the love that. you've been getting from oh, man. people back home just watching? It's been, it's been uh, it's definitely been tremendous as far as how many people, you know, actually see you do your thing, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's mind-blowing. So I actually know that your whole that the whole city is watching your every move, not just on the football field. What I post on Instagram and social media, as far as my community aspects of it, mm-hmm. I mean, just to go and show them that, you know, like I said before, it's different ways to get to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. It's different ways, you know, to, to put money in your pockets. It's different ways to put to put money in, you know. Uh, your family pockets, your mom pockets, your dad pockets, man. And this is one of the top ways to do it. It's going to take some time. But like I said, at the end of the day, man, with all this stuff going on, mm-hmm. you know, just with the with the, with the, with the, with the, 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 the social injustice and all that stuff going on, man, you can't put yourself in a better position than to do this stuff right here because then you have a bigger platform to voice your opinion, you know, when that time comes. So. What is, what is, have you had that, uh, that true welcome to the NFL moment, whether on the field or out in public where you really, Realize that people realize that you know you you sort of a mini celebrity now. Yeah, like, man, I, I definitely I got it. I mean, I'm a humble dude. I don't really talk about that, you know. What I'm yeah. I don't. But I mean, if I, I'm max, I mean, I will tell you that it's it's real out here. You uh-huh. know, they know who you are yeah. for sure. Like you, you ain't gotta play that much. They know who you are. And me, being a, I'm on the field now. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't I can't go to your average Walmart no more. I get I get I get pictures, and you know, so I actually just took a picture with somebody like you know the military people. I'm taking pictures with them all day. Uh-huh. You know, they the reason why we out here. We can play this 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 game so freely. You know, them going over and fighting for us. Um, but uh, man, it's it's crazy, man. But po- po- positively, I got my my first walk in the NFL with, with, with the uh, interception. Uh-huh. Negatively, I ain't get it. I hope y'all don't get it. You know, hopefully I put some. I hopefully I give it to somebody else right. that's a rookie, and I put a, put a, put something on them or something like that. But hopefully y'all don't get it. As long as I stay in my playbook, I'm good. Right. So. All right, man. Appreciate you. Oh yeah. On here. Appreciate you.